0: God has done some incredible things in your life already. How many here are saved? Hey, lift your hand up if you're saved. You know what that means? You're not going to hell. I think that's a pretty incredible thing. I mean, come on, Jimmy Cody. Is that pretty incredible? The question I want to ask you today is, will you allow God to work out His plan in and for your life. Let let me broaden it. Will you allow, and I say you, because folks, physically, financially, emotionally, socially, and spiritually, we have to be participants in the kingdom of God if it's going to work. There is no place in my Bible that tells us that we can accomplish and overcome by sitting on the sidelines.
1: Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with Pastor and Teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the Senior Pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's V L C C A Z dot org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters.
0: I titled today's message, We Are His Melody. He is Our Song. One of the things that I, I constantly Share with us as Christians. And it's is, is something that I have, been, I have been preaching around all year long, and will do so for the rest of this year, is we have to live past the moment. Folks, I, there's a statement that I have made for years and for years: "Yesterday's victory will be tomorrow's defeat. If you choose to stay in it. If you choose to stay in that moment. Now, don't get me wrong, please. We need to enjoy the moment. We need to relish the moment. We need to thank God for the moment. But then we move on. Then we move on. Can somebody say amen? Amen. We never forget because, folks, something the Lord taught me a long time ago. If you ever forget where you've been, you'll never get where you're going. We always remember the things that God has brought us from and brought us through and helped us in and helped us through, but we don't stay in them. We move on. So a question that I want to ask people is, did you ever notice that we sometimes get so lost in what lay behind us that we fail to see what lay before us? I'm talking about down the road or I'm talking about two minutes from now. The devil keeps us so wrapped up in what didn't happen, what didn't work the way we thought it should, that we can't see the unfolding of God's plan. Am I making any sense? You know the Bible says? Every morning is brand new. Every morning. You know, I, just had a, I just had a nightmare. Praise the Lord. Where'd you leave it? In the night? Or did you bring it into the morning? It's gone. It's over. Well, pastor, can I talk to you about it? Sure. God's allowed me to interpret dreams before. I'll, I'll help you. I am, brother. I am. God has done some incredible things in your life already. How many here are saved? Go ahead, lift your hand up if you're saved. You know what that means? You're not going to hell. I think that's a pretty incredible thing. I mean, come on, Jimmy Cody. Is that pretty incredible? The question that I want to start today with, and I want you to open your Bibles to Ecclesiastes. I don't want you to just look at the screen because I'm going to read more than just what's on the screen. The question I want to ask you today is, will you allow God to work out His plan? In and for your life. Let, let me broaden it. Will you allow, and I say you because, folks, physically, financially, emotionally, socially, and spiritually, we have to be participants in the kingdom of God if it's going to work. There is no place in my Bible that tells us that we can accomplish and overcome by sitting on the sidelines. I was having lunch with a dear couple in this church that are ministers. And I was expounding upon them on the difference of taking time and making time. You know what you do when you take time? Taking time simply means that I like what I'm doing, and I'm going to take the time to do it, whether you like it or not, bless God. Amen. But can I tell you about making time? Making time means I may not like what I'm doing. I might just be tired. I might just be weary. I might just have a bad case of the uglies. I'm not talking about the mirror. You can't do anything about that, okay? I'm just talking about you just you. Just feeling Anybody here ever felt down? I mean, so down that the bottom ground even looked up. Anybody besides me? Rick, you been there? Okay. Just as soon as you shouted your names out, I said, I'm, I know. They just don't come up here often enough. What do we got to do to get you up here more often? What do you got to do to get you up here more often? What would you have surgery for? Father, thank you for touching our friends. Let's pray for them. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus for your healing. God, your power, your, your creative work, God, in their lives. Thank you, Lord. Restoring, God, restoring the vim and vigor that needs to be established in their life, in her life and their life. Because God, our, God, we go through surgery, it might seem like one person, but both of us are going through it. Amen. Father, thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, everybody amen. said, amen. 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 So, you know, sometimes, folks, you feel like uh, there's where you got to decide, I'm going to make the time. I'm going to make the time to do what I need to do. To go where I need to go. To be what I need to be. Come on, I'm going to preach in just a minute, folks. You see, if, if, he, if He is my melody, or if I am His melody, and He is my song, then folks, i got a song on my heart all the time. And someplace in my Bible, I'm not sure if it says it in yours, I know it used to say in everybody's Bible, it says, The joy... Of the Lord, Ecclesiastes chapter three. Physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually, financially, we have to be participants. We have to be. Anytime we're not and in, any, and in anything we're not, then God can't be. Because that's what God set up. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I'm, I'm going to start in the ninth verse. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? What a profound statement. What profit... Now now listen, you know, the Bible says, what does the profit of man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You know what the word is saying? If you put your weight in what you've done and not who's done it through you, then you lose. What profit has the worker from that which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. God's letting him see, letting Solomon, the writer of Ecclesiastes, he's letting him see into the whole purpose of what's under the sun. That's what Ecclesiastes is all about. Twelve chapters of Ecclesiastes, I encourage you, you want to get your socks blessed off, you better put double pair on because it'll happen. Read Ecclesiastes when you get home. It's only twelve chapters, Small, small book, Okay? Look what he says here. He, God, has made a few things. Everything. Some things. Everything. Maybe what Tina's doing, but what, not what Bob's doing. Okay, okay, Dale, not what Valerie's everything. You know what? If you do a, a Hebrew word study, that word everything will mean I just thought I'd ask if Look what it says here. He has made everything. What's the next word? You ever had anything ugly in your life? Come on. You ever had anything ugly? Solomon's writing here. Look what he says. He said, God showed me all the labors of man. And he said, even what the enemy has meant for bad. I'm going to make it beautiful. But here's the key phrase, folks. In what? In what? In its time. You see, we don't, folks, we don't see everything. That's why you can't live in the moment. You can relish the moment. You can enjoy them. But you've got to get out of it. Because if you don't, you won't see what God has yet before you. I know it is Hindley. That's good preaching. I, I'm, I'm glad I came today. I am glad I came today. I'm learning something. Okay. So let's, let's look at this thing. Let's look at this thing, okay? Look what the very next line is. He said, and I wrote eternity in the hearts of men. Amen. Okay? Let me, let me finish. And no one can find out what the work that God does from beginning to end. I could camp on this little piece. I got so much more in my sermon, but I could camp on this little piece. Now listen to what he's saying here. He said, I made it beautiful in its time. But what did God say immediately? You've got to keep your eyes on the big picture. That's right. It's about eternity, not the temporary. That good. It's about eternity, not the temporary. Amen. Folks, some of you are going to get this before the day is over. Amen. Look what it says here. Even so, people cannot see the big picture. All we can do is see what's happening right now. But can I tell you, if God said, I'm going to make it beautiful, then you have to say, God, I'm going to trust you all the way to the end. Come on, somebody get excited in the house. I'm going to trust you all the way through this thing. I don't understand it. I don't quite get it, but I'm going to trust you through it. Let me go on here in verse 12. Look what he says here. He said, I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives don't get caught up on the small stuff and can i tell you as big as it seems in light of eternity it's all small stuff it's up timmy isn't it it's tough to look at it that way but it's all come on john give give rick an elbow and say it's small stuff son And every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor. This is the gift of God. Now I want you to turn to chapter 12. I'm going to take you all the way from the beginning to the end of Ecclesiastes. Because Solomon goes through this entire book. Like I said, if you want to bless your socks off, read Ecclesiastes when you get home. Very small book. Look what it says here at the end of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 12. No, I'm not reading the whole thing. I'm going to read verse 13. I could read all of it, but then you all say, it's time for lunch. Let's go home. Let's hear the conclusion of the matter. Okay, get your eyes off the Bible for a second. Look at me. I'm not taking you off of God's Word. I want you to look at me for a second. No distractions. Okay. let's hear the conclusion when you read through Ecclesiastes this afternoon I want you to read understanding Solomon says I want you to know I'm going to wrap it all up the most important thing of all you know what he said look at this fear God and keep his commandments that's the whole duty of man that's called big picture gospel. God, I don't know why I'm going. Folks, do you all mind if I just get a little blunt? I might be walking through hell, but don't stop. stop Don't stop. Every devil in town may be knocking on your door, but don't open Every lie from hell might be tormenting your mind. Cast it down. Pastor, it's not that easy when you know the whole conclusion of the matter is fear God and keep His commandments. It's pretty easy, folks. You know, you'll say, Pastor, but, but it's not just to say, yeah, yeah. He said, if God is for you, if God before you, what can separate me from God's love? Nothing. The Scripture says this. Y'all mind if I stay in the Bible? Okay. The Scripture says this, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He's going to finish what he started. Can somebody say amen? amen. You say, well, how do I know that? Well, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says he is the author of. And if he's the author and finisher, who's going to finish what he started? What's the whole conclusion of the matter? Love God, keep his commandments. That's it. For this is man's all. You already read the Hebrew, didn't you? But there's one contingency clause written in all God will do. What's the contingency? Look at somebody and say, he is going to talk to me this morning, isn't he? The one contingency. See, we have to believe this. Why? Hebrews eleven six. 6, what's it say? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those that come to God must first believe that he is What does that mean? Oh, that means Ecclesiastes chapter 13. That in the conclusion of the matter, fear God, keep His commandment. This is the whole duty of man. You and I. We have to believe what we believe is really real. No matter how it tends to play out. Now the story that I want to share, and I... I'm going to hop around a little bit in this, so please, if you are a caloric personality, a type A, on the DISC program, a I, if you're one of those people, then just put your notes away, because you're going to get wigged out, because I'm not going to follow every piece of the notes. And like, we're surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the ushers when I need them to carry this guy out. There, there was a, uh, and this is something that really happened in, in Europe uh, a couple hundred years ago. This, this great cathedral was there, and, and all of a sudden the custodians walking through the cathedral and, and trying to tidy things up and get things set for, for church, and, and he's uh, doing all the stuff, and he thought all the doors were locked, and all of a sudden he hears footsteps hopping through the cathedral. Now listen, the correlation of all this is you and I think we have our lives all hooked up. We think we have all the doors locked. We think we have it all put together. Anybody here? Look at me and say, "No, that's not me." And I'll pray for liars right now. There's a lot of us think we got it all together. I got two people, me and Tina, are shaking our head yes, and me and Jewel are shaking. Our we think we got. Yeah, no, no. How many think we got it all together? Yeah, look, folks. But this is the reality. This is man. This is life. Well, in this cathedral, he thinks he has it all buttoned up, and all of a sudden, he hears footsteps, and he turned around, and he found a stranger, walked in, and, and the man was kind of tattered in his clothing, and he didn't really look like he had it all together, and he came, and he said, I've traveled a long ways to see the great organ of this cathedral, and the custodian Said, no, no, sir, you you can't you can't see anything. The church is locked. You want to come back tomorrow? He said, no, no, no. I I really I I want to see the organ, and I'd like to get a closer look at it. Now stop right there, because there's many times that God wants to invade your life. You know, some forty years ago, I was doing fine. I had a great job. I had a great. I was making good money. You know when I was back in. You know I was in the entertainment business. Most of you all know before I got saved, and God went and stinking interrupted my life. One day he walked in, and he kind of he kind of said, "Hey, it's about me. It's not about you." I said, "Really? Okay." And then of course he helped me to understand, and I really quick said, "Oh." Yeah, really, it is. But you know, can can I tell you something? Before I got saved, I I was making five digits, sometimes six digits a year. I'm talking about the uh, the 60s. I'm talking about the late 70s and early 80s. I was making good money playing music. I've been drunk, you can count on one hand in my entire life. I detest the taste of alcohol. I'm not trying to be a prude or anything like that. Folks, I just dislike it. I, folks, I have to be honest, I enjoyed a cold beer once in a while. And pizza. <laughs> <laughs> now, I haven't had a beer in forever, but still. It's good. I've never, <laughs> folks. Pizza, yeah. yeah, the pizza is a different story. <laughs> I'd be liking a pizza, <laughs> but I've been, I've been committed to watch my boyish figure, and I'm committed not to get too much to watch. <laughs> Can I tell you, I have never smoked a joint. I have never popped a pill. I have never done drugs of any kind other than medical, when they say you've got to take a pain pill for pain, and folks, it had to be big pain before i take it. And just as soon as I thought I could bear the pain, I'm done. I don't do, folks, why am I, why am I saying all of this? Is I had it all together, I thought. And can I tell you something? No Christians just like that. And when God comes in to interrupt your life, you know how many sitting in this auditorium right now would say, hold up, God. This organ's only for special hands. This life is only for the ones that I allow. Amen. Do you mind if I step a few steps further on your toes? Now, I want you to know the only reason I ask is it's polite. I'm going to do it anyway, but it's polite to ask. (laughs) How many have ever said, this is not the way it's supposed to be? This is not the way it's supposed to be done. Can I tell you something? Sometimes we fail to hear the beautiful song that God wants to sing over our lives only because we don't let him play the melody that he wants to play in our lives. There's some of us that are hitting Q minor Z flat and we're still not letting God in. Any of, you, any of you musicians out there, I know there's not a Q minor, Z flat, okay? But I'm saying that's how bad our life is, God. But we still ain't letting God get in. This was what happened there at that cathedral. This custodian said, no, no, no. Nobody can get into that place. See, our issue is that many times we do not believe God will do or allow the things that we're facing so it can't be God. I'm going to make a statement. I've made it many times over the years. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. And just because it's bad doesn't mean it's not God. Because the bad is relative to you. The good is relative to you, not God. Now, I'm not saying God puts bad on people. But I can tell you the devil puts good on people too. And it, it, if it's not working the way we think it should be working, well, it just can't be God. We can't see God in it. You see, whether it's the church or the Christian life, God allows many things just so He can get us to the place He desires. He makes everything, say that word with me, everything beautiful in its time. My neighbor, I'm going to tell off on you, Bob, has just lowered his deck. Matter of fact, he didn't lower it, he just took it all off. I told Tina this morning, don't step out the back door. But it looks beautiful right now because it's light and bright. It's just not useful. You know there's things in our life that are light and bright, but they're not useful. God has to restructure that thing. You know how God's going to do that? He's going to use Bob's hands. And I'm sure he's going to call on his neighbor's hands too. And I'm going to call on Dan Hughes' hands, too, if he doesn't watch it. (laughs) But think about it, folks. We are the ones that have to allow what is happening in the moment to get us past the past and into the future. So we don't live there. Let me share something. You know, my wife and I, January will be 10 years since we founded this church. January will be ten years. And what you see on my head and my face is ten years of pastoring. My hair was nice and dark and nice and wonderful and fluid, and now it's just kind of graying. I had no wrinkles. I was I was dashing and debonair. Okay, we won't go there. Valerie, I can see you're gonna yeah, anytime. Okay. But many years ago when we got into this ministry, my wife and I conceded to a question that we had to ask, which is hard, the, the hardest question. And that question is, would we be willing to step down and to step away and turn the ministry to somebody else if we thought we would be a hindrance to what God was doing? And I'm going to leave you hanging for the answer. See, the custodian there at that cathedral, he thought, who the heck is this guy trying to get into this place and trying to get into this holy environment? Well, he conceded. He let the stranger see the great organ, took him up into the balcony and let him see it. Well, just as he got there, it didn't surprise him that the man said, could I... Sit on the bench. The custodian almost lost everything. He said, this is just ridiculous. You, 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 you don't even need to be here. You need to get out. Folks, look, look at me. Look at me. This is the way we are sometimes when God wants to touch that little private place of ours. Hey, am I making it? Should I just close this sermon up? And Okay. See, I'm talking about great expectations. We're still on that series. And God has great expectations for your life and mine, but he can't do it without us. He said, can I sit on the bench? And the custodian said, no, no. What if the organist came in and, and saw you sitting there? I'd probably lose my job. But you know what happened? Immediately he saw that the young man or the man was persistent, so much so that the custodian gave in. And he said, oh, fine, fine, oh, but just for a moment. Fine, God, if you won't leave me alone, what do you want? But just for a moment, God, if I don't like it. Folks, I'm I'm just preaching to me. I'm not preaching to you. Just preaching to me. Custodian, notice though. The stranger felt like he, he looked like he was at home. He looked like he knew his way around that bench. Can I tell you something? If you will let God into that life of yours, he will feel right at home. And you know what? You will too. Well, needless to say, the custodian wasn't surprised when the stranger said, can I play it? Folks, let me tell you something about God. He's not interested in you just getting saved. He's not interested in you just coming to church. He says, when are you going to die so I can live? When are you going to let me do what only I can do? I mean, do you think if he becomes the song of your life, he might play a brand new melody? Do you think that just just maybe... If you let God be on the bench, if you let God pull out the pipes and says, Man, David, I don't know where this one come from, but it sure didn't come from me. Come on, Gail, you've been playing that note too long. It's, that thing that keeps you out of tune. Quick, See, that's, this is the problem that we don't like is when we let God start playing it might hurt a little because he's going to get some notes into shape that haven't been played in a long time or ever he sat down and and the guy just knew this guy but fear and worry i'm not in the organ anymore I'm in your life. Fear and worry can cause the greatest opportunity of God to be missed in your life. You see, God builds His church. God builds our lives. And we have to trust God to build His house. If we hesitate, and folks don't give me it's okay to step back and say, God, is this really you? But then you gotta let go. You gotta let them play. You say, Well, Pastor, it's really not that easy. Yes, it is. Remember John the Baptist? Can I tell you something? He was just he was more than just a prophet. He was more than just a baptizer. Baptist was not his last name, folks. And Baptist was (laughs) not his religion. Okay? Baptist is what he did. Okay? Messiah is, uh, uh, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Okay? Christ means Messiah. It means the anointed one, his anointing. Okay? So John the Baptist, he's in prison. He's fixing to lose his head. You think somebody has the right to sit back and say, God, this ain't the way I thought it was going to be. He's fixing to die. See, prophet, baptizer, but you know what? He was also Jesus' cousin. Matter of fact, he was the first baby to recognize Jesus was coming. When Mary and Elizabeth, Mary, the woman that God used to bring forth uh, Jesus, and Elizabeth, the woman that God used to bring forth John, when Mary showed up, the Bible says that the baby leapt in her womb knowing that the Messiah has shown up. And He wasn't even born yet. He was changing lives even before. Bethlehem. But look at John now. He knows he's the Messiah. He's the first one to declare the Lamb of God, take away the sins of the world. He was the first one to saw, but now he's in prison. And you know what crept in? The devil, the lies, the doubt. You know what John said? Uh, Are you the one or do we look for somebody else? Folks, do you know in your life you will have doubts, you will have fears, you will have worries? It doesn't mean you're going to hell. But it does mean you need to go over them. It means you've got to move beyond them. You might have, are you the one or should we look for another? John, the Lord's brother, the first one to declare Jesus the Messiah, had those concerns. It's okay to feel uneasy. It's okay to say, God, I'm not sure if I want you to pull that, that plug there. I don't know if you want to change that thing there. It's okay. But you've got to realize it's His song. It's His story. James chapter 4 says, why do you have all the troubles you have inside of you? Why do you have all the troubles you have outside of you? Don't you know they come from the own evil desire that's in your heart? Look what it says up there. Look at this. Don't they come from the evil desires at war? Where? Not say outside of you. Ever had any battles there, Michael? Yeah. yeah. No, no, quite. Yeah. Wow. Folks, I can shout too. Yeah. Look at this. From within you. What causes all that? You want, but you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You know what that word kill means? It doesn't mean you're physically killing somebody. It means you hate. The scheme and kill together come from the word covet. You know what covet means? Covet doesn't mean I, that I, I'm, I'm bothered that Will has something. When I covet is when I'm bothered he has something I don't have. That's covetousness. That's why he said don't, don't covet another man's wife or another man's donkey or another man's whatever. Okay, That's what he's talking about here. You want what you don't have and so you steam into the skill. You start setting some traps. You start doing things and all of a sudden now you got a cold shoulder to all those people that have stuff that you don't have because you think they don't deserve it and you do. And i got one person said amen out of that. You are jealous of what others have. But you can't get it, so you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. Continue on. Look what it says here. Yet, you don't have what you want because you... (laughs) And even if you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want it for you. You see, He makes everything beautiful in its time He knows the end. He already knows the end. So this good thing that we're trying to grab a hold of, it may not be good and God might see it, so he might keep it from you. And this bad thing that you think you're dealing with, you know, God might not look at it as bad. He might go say, it might be bad for you now, but it's going to be good for you then. Amen. And he's going to let you go right through it. <laughs> Pastor Ray, this is good preaching. Can I tell you a picture of of a wrong motive? And I put it in your notes because I wanted you to to see this. Here's the picture. Uh, This this woman is is having a a conversation uh, about her husband. She said, I have prayed long and hard for the conversion of my husband, the woman said. But my husband is so far from conversion as ever. And the Lord asked her, why do you want your husband saved? She replied to the Lord, it would be nice how different the house would be. And then I want you to circle these words. Then the Lord rebuked her. You are forgetting that it really should be about the good of your husband. And the glory of God. You appear to be thinking mainly of yourself. How many of you, in your prayers, is this all about you? The way things could be for you if it changed the way things could work differently for you. You should rather pray, the Lord said to the woman, for his conversion simply for the glory of God and the fact that your husband needs a Savior. See, sadly, most of us want God's will and God's way and God's plan when it fits into our plan. We don't want to look at the big picture. We don't like the in its time part. We want it in our time. You know the scripture says all things are possible if we'll just believe. And nothing will be impossible. Can I tell you something? When Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and cried out, Lazarus come forth. There wasn't a single person there that believed. Can I take you back to the organ as I wrap up this morning? The custodian said, definitely not, you can't play. You can't even touch a note on this. Well, the man said, uh, do you realize how far I've come? Just to be able to bring out the melodious attributes. Look at me, please. You know how far he came? He came from heaven to earth to bring the melody of your life out. The stranger relented. or uh, The stranger wouldn't give up, so the custodian relented, and the the man began to play. And he said, but only a few notes. Fo- folks, it's okay. It's okay. There, there's sometimes a, we want God to take us, but God, we're, we're just so used to being in charge ourselves. Just a few notes. Well, he pulled out the stops. He began to play. As the worship team comes, folks, I have learned that I don't understand how all things work but the confidence that I stand in in this life is that I've given it to the one who works all things and I want to ask you this morning will you trust God to do what he said you and I see through a glass darkly 1 Corinthians 13 says a poor mirror but one day we're going to see everything just as he has planned well suddenly the cathedral was filled with the most beautiful music imaginable the man played but oh so soon it stopped can i tell you in your life if you just let god start pulling the keys playing the notes he'll pull out all the stops everything that's hindering you, everything that's holding you back, he'll say, oh, you don't need this you don't need, but you do need this you do need, and you know, it, yes it's going to be a little, a little disconcerting when God gives full control but I tell you what the melody of your life that will begin to play and the song of his glory that will begin to resonate will be unlike anything you could ever imagine. The custodian said, don't don't stop, don't stop that's the most beautiful music that has ever filled the halls of this cathedral. And then finally he asked the question, "Who are you?" And the man said, My name is Mendelssohn. One of the greatest organists and orchestrationists and, and composers that ever lived in the 19th century, Felix Mendelssohn, a stranger nobody knew, came into his world for a moment and changed it forever. There's another stranger that wants to come into your life. And he wants to change it forever. His name is Jesus.
1: Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit VLCCAZ.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.